It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I have had the privilege of knowing different members of Bessie Heslop's family at different times in my life. Each one has been so kind and such a joy to know. Bessie decided to clear out some of her quilting supplies lately, and I was so blessed to be the recipient. I am so excited to have Bessie Heslip today. Bessie, you probably don't remember. Anita, I think, brought me out to your house probably 30 years ago. I don't know what it was for, a baby shower or some party-like thing. And I just remember meeting you and Anita's sister and thinking, this is such a wonderful family. How can I be part of this family? It's <laughs> just so neat to meet you. So I am thrilled to visit with you today and find out your story. Thank you. <laughs> if we can go back, could you tell me where you were born and raised? I was born along the edge of Lawrence Township, February 17, 1935, in the house that my father built. Oh, neat. And do you have special memories of growing up in that house? Well, when I was small, we had not very much gas part of the time, so we had a wood stove. And part of the house was kind of shut off most of the winter time, but otherwise it was just home and I was one of five, but only my sister and I lived to grow up. The wow. other three died as babies. And uh, we walked a half mile to the bus because that's just the way it was. Lots of times when we was little, our dad would make a track through snow and walk with us as we got older. We didn't need that, but we we did walk a half mile to get our mail and paper and to get to the school bus. Neat. What was school like for you? Well, I went to the Moss Run School for my first grade, and then they closed that, and I went to Lawrence, and I graduated from Lawrence in 1953, uh, it was a class of 14 of us, four boys and 10 girls, <laughs> and uh, just, well, I was fortunate in that I think I liked school well enough and was able to do good enough that I was on the honor roll most of the time, and my best friend and I were tied with our grades when we was in high school, which was just wonderful to be. Both of us had the same average uh -huh. grades uh, from the years of high school. Yeah, neat. And she's passed away now. There was me and two others that were very close all through high school. And 
they are both gone, so that's the way life is. But just knowing they're gone, hope to meet them again one of these days over yeah. there. Yeah. Did you meet your husband in school? We rode the same school bus. Uh, I had known him, but he missed a lot of school the first year he went, and so he was behind me. He was just another one of the fellows on the bus, as far as I was concerned back then. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, his mother said that he talked when he was a few years younger that he was going to marry me, but I didn't know that then, but uh, it was after... We had both graduated and were working in Marietta before we started dating. How neat. I guess he was just one of the other boys when we was in school. <laughs> <laughs> I bet his mom had fun telling you that story. I imagine she enjoyed that. And he had two sisters, and I heard tales about him from them once in a while. They're both gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, one's gone and one isn't, but of course he is. Yeah. But his, his mother did did tell me later that he had said he was going to marry me. <laughs> so I guess, he, I guess he knew what he was doing, didn't he? <laughs> but uh, we had 54 years together. So you raised, is it three or four children? We had four children. Okay. We had a son, and then we had three daughters. And, uh, well, you know who Anita yeah. was. Mm -hmm. uh, she passed away in 11 and my husband in 12. Wow. Two right in a row. That had to be really hard. I cannot imagine losing a child. Well, Anita had lots of physical problems. She had water on the brain when she was 10. And she did have several different physical problems, but she never seemed to lose her happiness. She would recover and keep going. And uh, when she passed away, she had had a cold. And the day before, she said about going to the doctor, and they said, let's see how you are in the morning. And that morning, she wasn't better. She was a little worse, and they took her up to the hospital. They called us from the hospital and said that, that she was there. And when we got there, they said they was taking her to Columbus, and she died wow. right after they got to Columbus, before we was able to get there. Hmm. It uh, it was so sudden, but once it's passed, you're glad it wasn't long for yeah. her. For her, yeah. And she was always wonderful to be around. She was kind of happy-go-lucky, wasn't she? She was. Yes, yes. We had some good conversations. I just enjoyed I'm, I'm, being with her. I'm not surprised. Well... I was the youngest grandchild on both sides, so you know Thelma yeah. <laughs> and her two brothers. Her Haroldine is just a little over a year older than me. And then Dale, after our grandparents died, they 
moved from where they lived to the home place, which was about a mile from where I grew up. So from the time I was eight until, well, all my life (laughs) from then on, they was our neighbors. I'm thankful that I still have some cousins. (laughs) Yeah. And then my dad's grandpa, he and his wife is the one that came from Germany in the 1830s. Uh Uh-huh. They came to the Wheeling area, and then they came down to the Marietta area. They could have bought the land along where the children's home is. Uh-huh. But they was afraid they might be malaria or yellow fever or something like that down close to the river, and so they went back out on Ripple Run and then ended up on Pleasant Hill. And that was, well, my, my dad was born in 1888, and he was one of the younger of 12. And his dad was next to the youngest of five brothers. But his parents were married, and their first child was born after they got to the United States. Okay. And uh, when I was, oh, 10, 15 years old, an aunt and a cousin rode up our family tree. That's why I can tell you some things that if they had had been done closer to now, I wouldn't remember so well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's neat. And and the name they had was Ulhaver. But when they became citizens, I don't think it was the ones that came. I think it was the children. I'm not sure. They changed it to use the name Oliver because they thought they ought to since they came to America. Oh, interesting. We always said they shouldn't have because the name Oliver is an English name, and (laughs) and there's a lot of Olivers in our relation, but... uh, (laughs) It was too late then, so. Wow. And Terry's middle name is Oliver. I wanted to use that for his middle name. Yeah. Yeah, well, Tucker's is too, far as that goes. <laughs> but there is several other, like me, that grew up as an Oliver that gave their sons yeah. the middle name of Oliver. I think there's five different ones, at least, of cousins. That most of them are gone now, but... You used the name Oliver as a middle name for a son. Uh-huh. What else would you like to tell me about who you are? Well, my sister worked in the treasurer's office, and they had a lady that had a 14-year-old daughter that she didn't want her to stay at home all summer. So I worked in the treasurer's office between my junior and senior year, and then I worked the next summer after I graduated and before I had the chance to go look for another job, my boss told me that I should go over to the First National Bank and talk to them. And I started there then a couple weeks later at the bank and I worked in bookkeeping. Then I worked at the desk, which is where you get the mail and you run around all over town and you do things, (laughs) (laughs) all the odds and ends. And then I became a teller. And for uh, maybe three years, I don't remember exactly, I worked at the first drive-in 
bank at the back of the First National Bank building there on Putnam and Second. Wow. It was a smaller bank at the time, but it was very interesting, and I got to know a lot of different people because of working in the bank and meeting people daily. Yeah. And uh, there was another lady who had worked there, and she had a new baby, and, and that's when the rest of the time I worked at the bank, I worked at the drive through window, and that was always interesting. In fact, one interesting thing was when Marietta had the premiere for the movie Battle Hymn, Yeah, they had a lot of uh, some airplanes and different things in that B&O parking lot for that period of time for people to be able to go see. And that was interesting to see the people going, doing that too. Yeah, what an exciting time that was. Yes. I like my work. I took bookkeeping in high school. I didn't have a clue what I was going to do, but it seemed like every job I had, I didn't have to go look for. It just came my way. Yeah. And then just a little sideline. My mother's uncle had worked in the bank in Williamstown. Now, I never saw the man. He died before I was born or when I was just real little. I don't remember which. But he was one of the head ones in the bank in Williamstown. Huh. Seems like it was just in the blood to do things <laughs> like that, I guess. <laughs> it does seem like that in some ways. And then a friend of mine wasn't going to be able to work longer at the Board of Elections. So I did that for about 20 years. Oh, wow. Worked at Lower Newport. And then a, a couple years after that closed, I worked different places. But uh, I enjoyed that very much. And I have only missed voting one time in all the years that I've been able to vote. It was one time when, after I was married, that we didn't go vote because it was trustees. We just moved there, and we didn't know who was best, and we didn't go. So that's the only time I haven't got to vote in all my years of being able. Neat. That is so neat. It's so important, too. It is. I, I know everybody doesn't think that, but it is. Yeah. You still live out the same way. How close to your childhood home are you? It is a little over 20 miles from... I, I was born and raised on the edge of Lawrence Township next to Liberty. Then, after we were married, we lived in three other places before we moved here when we bought our home here off of Route 7, see the high river every day. <laughs> <laughs> I assume most days that's pretty beautiful. Well, it is, of course, the trees. You don't see it lots of times or don't think about it day in and day out. And then you hear something and you, you do and have seen some high water. And they told us when we bought our place that the 37 flood got to the basement door. So... So far, I never have had to worry about it getting in the house, but I've seen a large river a few times <laughs> when it was up. <laughs> wow. Well, besides quilting, tell me about the other crafts that you 
do or have done? Well, I embroidery. Several years ago, I did a few paint-by-number things, but I haven't done that for a long time. I make latch hook rugs. Now, they, they aren't the kind of rug that you have to get wet, but uh, I enjoy doing that, and I enjoy embroidering. And I make puzzles, and I read. I have been reading, I guess, ever since I learned to read. <laughs> Because our second grade teacher kept a record of every book everyone in our class read. And it's been a long time ago, but I think it was 170-something books that I read that I didn't read the most. There was one or two that had read more, but wow. uh, I wouldn't know how many of it hadn't been for that list. And I don't have the list anymore, but it was right around that. And that was in one year, right? In the second grade. Wow. I guess I've been reading ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Although when the children were younger, I didn't read much. Newspaper and the Bible and Sunday school leaf and a little bit here and there. But uh, now that I live by myself, I read quite a bit. Yeah. I like historic fiction. Okay. A little bit. A book here and there that's not that, but I like historic fiction. Yeah. Do you have a favorite author? Uh, one in particular is Grace Livingston Hill. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is the one I pinpoint most. There is no one else comes quite to her. Yeah. Because if I haven't read one of her books for three or four years, I can read it again. Uh-huh. Do you remember who introduced you to quilting? Oh, my mother quilted a lot. <laughs> I haven't quilted a lot. I can quilt here because our living room is large enough that I can have the quilting frames on one side and we could get through okay. But I have not quilted near as much as I have made quilt tops. Yeah. I did make each one of our kids quilts that I tied instead of quilted, and our grandkids. Yeah. And we had four children and eight grandchildren. And I have eight great-grandchildren, but yeah. all of them haven't got <laughs> quilts. So out of the quilts you made, do you have a favorite? Oh, I don't know whether I have a favorite. But my mother made one, I think it was 12 blocks, and they were butterflies. Nice. And yes, I, I made one, but the one she made that was always so special, they were yellow butterflies with the black edge embroidered around the edge. Uh -huh. And it's the one that I always think of because it was just special with all those yellow butterflies, maybe three and four rows with 12 blocks and she made ones with different colors but the one she made that always stood out was that one with the yellow butterflies the ones I made the kids though mostly were just pieces of material cut out and sewed together and made into blocks or rows not special patterns uh -huh. so did you do that by hand or on the machine 
I sewed them on the machine, almost all of them. Once in a while, it'd be something, but almost all of them were sewed on. My old singer sewing machine that's a treadle, it didn't electric. <laughs> Great. Do you have a favorite tool that you used in your quilts? No, not. I have. I still have quilting frames that my dad made. Oh, nice. <laughs> but uh, other than that, no. Did you sew other projects besides quilts? Yes. When our son was small, I made him a pair of pajamas, and I know that it wasn't the best shape, but I took home at school. And I gradually got to sewing more. And I guess my biggest projects, I made all three of our daughter's wedding dresses, and Jill wanted a train on hers. It wasn't a very long one, but on my old sewing machine, the extra pieces, there was one that I could hem it with that piece on the old Singer sewing machine. So I didn't have to do it just all by hand. Uh-huh. But I made the girls' wedding dresses. So it improved quite a bit from that first little pair of pajamas I made to carry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've en- always enjoyed sewing. And I've fixed things for different people and made a few uh, thing or two for two or three of friends of mine. But uh, it was mainly just for my family. Yeah. What was your worst quilting experience? I can't remember specifically, but I know I had to take some stitching out of one, and it's been so long ago, I can't remember details, but once you get something made, you want to leave it <laughs> And I had to take some, uh, like, part of a block out. Yeah. I don't remember details about it, but I do remember having to do that. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Sometimes we can't remember the details, but we remember that feeling. Yes. <laughs> well, with your quilting and sewing, what kind of a tip would you give to others? Possibly don't give up just because it doesn't look the really best the first thing you try. Mm-hmm. If you think you enjoy doing it, keep trying. It'll it'll get better. Yeah. That's great advice. Is it anything else you'd like to tell me about that you would love for your family and friends to know about you or about your life? Well, when I was six, I think, my sister went forward at a meeting, and I probably went because she did. I really think that it was when I was 13 that I accepted the Lord. And while I know I haven't done near as much as maybe I could have, I'm thankful for the training of going to church when I was young and of accepting Jesus as my Savior. And there isn't anybody that I would wish didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Most of my family is saved, and 
of course, if I can't say for sure about some, you know, I hope they will be in time. Yes, that is so important. Yes, it is. And I really feel the time is getting very close. Mm -hmm. I know we can't know the day or hour, but he doesn't say we can't know how times are. Yeah, true. Well, this is such a blessing for me to get to chat with you and learn more about you. Well, it's been interesting. I had no idea really what you would your questions you would ask. Well, maybe a little bit, but not <laughs> not really. It's been nice to have met you too, because even though there's a lot of people we know their names, we yeah. don't really always know them. Oh. And so it has been nice to get to know who you are a little more, too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a review as it helps others to find the show? Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website or a Quilters Life Facebook group to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.